Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to BetOnline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome in to the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and the hype train behind the producer mic. You're going to start hearing him a little bit more. He's officially infiltrated the draft network. He's making his way from the draft dudes over to TDN Fantasy. Jake desperately wants to train noise, and hype train will not give it to him. So he's really failing right off the top of the show today. There it is. Hey, at least it works this time. Yeah, the hype train has is. arrived. The hype train has arrived. You got any takes to, to kick the show off with today, Chris? Uh, I'll save them. I have some takes later on in the show because I know oh, what the show oh, rundown is. Wait. Just just wait. Oh, God. Really looking forward to what is going to absolutely set all of us off today. Uh, we've got plenty of waiver wire pickups to go through with both of you guys. Uh, ranking standouts, things that stood out to you as you went through your rankings. And then we have Wednesday matinee football, not night football. Depending on where you are in the country, you might be, it's like noon football for those of you on the West Coast. Uh, three o'clock, 3.40, I think is the actual time of kickoff. Not really, they've changed it a hundred times. So I, I don't know where we are as far as, as far as timing. So we'll get into that game because it is a big game. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, a lot of people, including some of the matchups that I'm in, are waiting desperately and hoping that they're going to get this game, right? They're waiting on some of these key pieces in fantasy that are going to be playing in this matchup. So I know a lot of people are going to have to wait uh, another 24 hours to, to finalize whether or not they get those victories in fantasy. So guys, let's kick things off with waiver wires. Uh, Kirk Cousins, the top of this list, playing Jacksonville, coming off of a, a, a good performance and a good performance without his top receiver, right? Without Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen will be back off the COVID list coming into this week. So you think prime matchup, right? But it's one of those things, one of those cautionary tales where I thought the same thing about Derek Carr, right? Derek Carr's been playing really good. They kind of feel like the same person to me where they give you this opportunity. You look and you go, okay, it's you're playing Atlanta, perfect matchup. So it reminds me of this situation. So I'm always cautionary tale with guys like Kirk Cousins who you've seen the up and down with. So how are you guys feeling about it? Jake, I'll let you go first. I don't love it. I mean, you can run it down their throat. You can't really throw it on them that well. I mean, you can, but, like, I get feeling back, but they still want to run the ball. That's still what this offense wants to do. And the Jacksonville Jaguars have been playing people tough. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a big game a couple weeks ago. Baker Mayfield didn't have a big game the other day. It's okay if you're desperate, but I don't love it. Yeah, I'm actually okay with it because it's it's tough. It's a tough QB week. This is a really tough week for fantasy, surprisingly, as I was doing my rankings, and we'll get into that later. But Kirk Cousins actually only really given you one disastrous game since week six. Like, he put up – you know, 26.7 against Atlanta. Then he had the bit, then he comes off the bye. How's that bad game against Green Bay? But then 20.8, 18.6, 22, 25.2. The concern is going to be is how much do they actually throw the ball? Like Jake said, how much do they actually need to throw the ball? But, uh, you know, look, we saw Jacksonville fight 
a little bit last week, enough to make the Browns at least play to the very end. So if you need some QB help this week, which you might given some of the matchups with Brady on by Bridgewater on by, uh, I don't think he's a terrible play as a low end QB one. All right, guys. Uh, another quarterback, the <laughs> Fitz magic, Ryan Fitzpatrick back in action, got his team. A victory is in a playoff race, right? This is a Miami team that has an opportunity to make the postseason. And Fitzmagic is playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. We know the highs and lows that you have that you can ride with Fitzmagic, but this kind of seems like he's ripe for a, a perfect game here, Jamie, in fantasy and potentially just in regular football because there's a little added benefit of him wanting to, you know, he got benched. They put into a he's back. They've got an opportunity here. Feels like all the things are kind of coming together for him here in this matchup. Yeah, I have him rated as a top 10 quarterback this week. Uh, he's got got a good matchup, although against Cincinnati isn't – I mean, they're not great against the pass, but they're not Atlanta bad. Now, I guess maybe we can't say that anymore because Atlanta's <laughs> defense is playing a lot better lately. But he puts up points. He's going to turn the ball over probably. It just, it's going to be a classic Fitzpatrick game, but he puts up points. I mean, in this year, he's only got you one game with fewer than 18 fantasy points when he started, and that was week one. Uh, yeah. And I know 18 fantasy points isn't great, but that's not going to kill you. Like that, that gives you, that's gives you that QB 16 range. I think it was going to be 20 plus points. I have him rated as my QB 10. I think he's a perfectly serviceable fill in starter this week. Jake, how are you feeling about Fitzmagic? You know how I'm feeling about Fitzmagic. Nothing but love. You also have the return of Devontae Parker, who is back to being a thing when he plays. Thank Tua goodness. Threw less than 100 yards when he was playing. He brings in the rest of the guys. They have the ability to be explosive. It's a phenomenal matchup. He's going to sling it. If he turns it over, as Jamie talks about with Jameis Winston, if he throws three touchdowns and three picks, who cares? It doesn't kill you that bad in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fitz Magic is the dude. They're relevant when he's playing. It brings all the rest of those guys in. Like, I was so happy I played Devontae Parker last week, just off the hunch of, okay, Fitz is back. That chemistry is still there. I love that. So, you know, I'm all in on Fitz Magic. Yeah, same for me. I had Mike Jacecki, and he hasn't been the same. None of those guys are as fantasy relevant no. with Tua as they are with Fitzmagic and was really happy to put him in and get a 12-point performance from a from a tight end this year that seems like they're few and far between. All right, Cam Akers playing against the Arizona Cardinals. Divisional game going to be – listen, this is going to be a big game between these two teams. Jamie, do you like Cam Akers this week? Nah. Not for me. Like this is still a three-headed backfield. I know he got a little bit more work. He did. He got. He got nine carries. Did well with it, but got the third most snaps on the team again. Like he's. He, that's where it's going to be. It's a three-headed monster in LA. Sure, he could have a big run, but at this point, we haven't seen Sean McVay decide to lean on any one guy, particularly when all three players have been healthy. Malcolm Brown still gets a lot of work inside the ten. I just think you're asking for a lot, even at a running back position. I mean, if you want to throw him on a last spot of your bench, fine, but. I don't get excited about last week. Like, this is still a three-headed monster I want no part of. You're, you're praying for injury, right? Like, if you have him on your bench, you're hoping Daryl Henderson, who's been backed up at, banged up at times, goes out. When they need to rely on somebody, it's still Malcolm Brown. They're not putting a rookie in when they need to rely on him. Yes, he's explosive, but I don't really like their matchups coming up. The Cardinals' defense has been okay. They've been playing a little bit better, and the guy that's going to get the third most snaps, no, I don't like him. Yeah, not uh, that offense in – 
an offense that goes up and down, right? You saw a great performance and they go play San Francisco and then offense looks just completely stagnant. So it'll be interesting to see how they show up against the Arizona Cardinals They're three point favorites on the road. So we'll be a early look at that line. We'll be fun to break that. Yeah. We'll be fun to break that game down. All right. Another running back, James white for the new England Patriots playing against the LA chargers. They're on the road playing in LA Jake, what do you think about this one? It's been the it's been tough going for the running back position. Is this a matchup that you that you would think about picking him up for? Yeah, I liked him last week with Burkhead out. Burkhead's out again. Sony Michelle's there, but they still got to have that pass catching threat. He's one of the best in the business at doing that. And the Chargers are giving up a ton. I mean, they gave up a bunch of yards and a bunch of points to the Jets. They're going to give that up. And when Cam has to check it down, it's been pretty good. He's actually been really good in the running game too. I still love. When the player can be that explosive and he's going to be on the field getting some snaps, he can take it to the house at any time. To me, it's definitely worth touching this time of year in fantasy. He's worth adding, I would say, yes, with some caution. And the only caution is going to be, and I have him as, as uh, an RB26 this week, so it's more of a flex play. He's still not playing that many snaps. Like he had, he was under 40% snap count last week. They still want to ride with Damian Harris. We'll see if we get more than the one snap that Sony Michelle got last week. He's still explosive. He still he should be involved more. I, I'm not. I was surprised he hasn't been more involved in totality this year. Uh, he's somebody that you could consider in a flex play, but I would be I would be cautious because again, if he only scores one touchdown last week versus two, we're having a completely different conversation. Like he, he didn't get that much work, but I like the player overall. I just haven't liked the situation he's been put in this year. And someone to kind of watch going forward. All right, guys, another running back. Hey, Paige, one note on that one before we get off. Yeah, that. go ahead. With Edelman being on the COVID list. Yep. and being banged up if he doesn't play, and they're banged up at a receiver, it could be something if they if Josh McDaniels is the genius that we keep hearing that he is from the past, and he is now, this is one of those things, put him in the slot. It, it, nobody catches it better. Nobody's more explosive. He's still a 4-4 guy. That's something I think you could take advantage of that maybe we see. But, if, I mean, that's something you should be seeing to get on the field. He's one of their best playmakers, especially when you put him in space. That's something we should see from them, and it's a great matchup for that. Yeah, uh, offensive genius. I put in quotations. Uh, He's the next head about... coach of the Bucks. No, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That... <laughs> uh, before we go off on a tangent on how stupid that is, let's move on to talk about Ito Smith. He is playing against the New Orleans Saints. A straight split between him and Brian Hill as far as rushings. Twelve rushing in the in the past game. Thirteen for Ito Smith. But Ito Smith gives you something with pass catching, right? So you get a little bit more of that. He got in the end zone in their last game against the Las Vegas Raiders. They're playing the New Orleans Saints, who is their defense has played really, really well. So Jamie, you like this one, Ito Smith? Do you like this matchup at all? No, like the, to me, like. Uh... I'm assuming Gurley plays this week. And even assuming him, Gurley's barely a top 30 running back for me. Um, you know, Smith is, he was more explosive of the two. They gave Brian Hill the work early. He was ineffective. He got some garbage time late. You know, Smith was more involved in the passing game and was more effective with the carries he got. But they're just not going to run the ball a ton. You're not going to run the ball effectively against New Orleans. I, I don't really think you need to rush to pick him up. I mean, if you're in a really, really bad way, sure. But I mean, if, if Todd Gurley gets ruled out, I have a hard time believing I'll have Ito Smith any higher than RB 31 or 32 this week. So he's not going to be a guy you need to rush out to start. And definitely not in a flex play. You definitely have receivers you would, you would rather play over him in a flex spot. Absolutely. I agree with all of that wholeheartedly. I mean, this is not a good matchup. Nobody's running on the Saints in a month, and you haven't really run it on him that good in a couple of years. And the Falcons don't run the ball that good, period, anybody, on anybody. So, no, I don't like it. 
All right, guys, uh, the other backfield that has been very interesting to pay attention to, whether it's with injuries or what's going on, is is Detroit's, right? So you got Carrion Johnson, they're playing the Chicago Bears. If One of the things I will tell you to pay attention to as a Bears fan is if it, Akeem Hicks is playing, the run defense looks completely different. He did not play against Green Bay. This defense looks totally different. If he's going to be injured again, he's got a hamstring injury. If it's lingering again, and Detroit's going to be able to run the football, as was displayed by in Green Bay against in, in this last matchup. So pay attention to that. Just a side note as injuries go, it looks like he will play. So that will be a, a difference maker for that Chicago Bears defense. Injuries to Swift, Adrian Peterson's Adrian Peterson, Jamie. What do you have? Do you like carry on Johnson this week? If DeAndre Swift does not play, yeah. I think Johnson becomes in flex consideration for you because of the pass catching. He's the more explosive player. I know Peterson got in the end zone a couple times, but last week, but like it's Karen Johnson's a player you want to have if it's not Swift, but only, and it's only if Swift doesn't play. Even if Swift plays in a limited capacity, I don't think at that point, carry on Johnson or Adrian Peterson are, are even worth adding in that scenario. Yeah, I agree. I, I, we talk about on Johnson, guys. I always go back to the fact that he led the SEC in rushing. He is an explosive player. He just can't stay healthy. He's playing with a knee brace right now. But all of a sudden, he's developed in this pass catching back this year that we thought Swift would be a lot of earlier. And Swift doesn't play. I like it. more than A lot more than the running backs we've talked about so far. You have the ability to catch some passes. They're gonna, Adrian Peterson's going to get some rushes, but they like him. And when he's healthy, mm-hmm. they trust him. He's been healthy enough. So I like it more than the other, other running back options we talked about. Yeah, the running back options are not great, as we've discussed. Hey, your point was the best of all of it, though. It doesn't really matter. If, if Swift doesn't play, you're going to play him. But if he makes his plan, this becomes a bad matchup. It's a terrible a matchup. And by uh, the way, Mitch Trubisky lights up this freaking defense. Yeah. It's, it's, so, yeah. like, it's, you know, they're, they're going to have the ball a little bit more. They're not going to be out there as much on defense as they've been the last couple weeks, I wouldn't think. Yeah, you you would think, and if if it's just it's a completely different defense. It reminds me of of what I've been watching with the Bucks and in Vita Vea and Vita how Vea. different it looks without him out there. It's it's a completely different defense when when you don't have that guy right there. You can't for replace you. those guys. You can't. Those monsters that stop the it's run, nasty. take up two They're guys nasty every time, players. but can yeah. rush the passer directly up the middle and just disrupt any play. You can't replace that when those guys no. go out. I mean, that no. defense is really good. But when he goes out, it just becomes pretty good yeah no it's it's that big of a hole right up the middle for sure for sure I mean yeah ask Tom Brady it was uh Akeem Hicks multiple times that was he was looking up at Khalil Mack and then the secondary person he was looking up at was Akeem Hicks who routinely is licking his lips in a terrifying fashion as he's waiting to go sack a quarterback he's just an absolute monster when he plays football uh the all the all-time leader for the Clemson I played forever Hunter Renfro uh playing against the New York Jets Listen, Chris, this is a good opportunity for you to jump in here since you're the Jets fan, right? You're, you're a Jets guy, uh, as I, and we feel very, very sorry for you about that. Um, Hunter Renfro matching up against you. <laughs> Hunter Renfro matching up against your team. Uh, if you were playing fantasy this week, would you feel comfortable playing Hunter Renfro? Yeah, I'd also play Hunter Renfro, the baseball player, against the New York Jets <laughs> this week in fantasy. Okay, that's how bad this team is defensively. So, yes, uh, this team has given up completely. Adam Gase is lying in his press conferences about who's calling plays, who's not calling plays. This team is a complete and utter disaster. uh, And the Raiders should bounce back after losing 43 to six by scoring a lot of points. So yes, play Hunter Renfro, the football player, play Hunter Renfro, the baseball player, play Hunter Renfro, your friend at work who works in sales, play all three of the Hunter Renfro. Probably bigger than actual Hunter Renfro. Renfro. Chris, it's, it's Jamie, give us some analysis. 
my analysis is that, yes, I would play him. He's a top 40 wide receiver this week. Uh, he's going to be a guy that in PPR is going to have a high floor for you. I don't, I don't imagine you're not going to get up. He has a couple of these big ceiling games every once in a while. I don't think it's going to be that. I don't imagine uh, the Raiders are going to Raiders shouldn't have to do much, but considering the way they've played that last week, but uh, he's somebody that should be in that wide receiver three low end secondary flex type of consideration for you. So I do have him as my wide receiver 36 as we stand right now. Can we just have a little Hunter Renfro appreciation? Yes. Like this dude was a four-year starter at Clemson. Yeah. With DeAndre Hopkins, Martavius Bryant, Sammy Watkins. The list goes on and on. He was a starter for four years as a walk-on. And he just keeps making plays. Did you guys see the spin move last week? Mm-hmm. He had early in that game. It was kind of in slow motion, but it was so like smooth. The dude whiffed him completely. I love this kid. Yeah. I love what Jamie said, too. It's more the floor than the ceiling. But if you're in one of these leagues where you just can't have two, 2.1 yeah, points. For sure. I don't. I love Booker in this matchup because I'm not sure if Jacobs is going to play with the ankle injury. Yeah. They're going to want to run it a ton. But Derek Carr's been so good on third down, and he goes to Renfro all the third time. Third Renfro. There's going to be, yeah, be six to eight targets there, which I love. He catches everything. And then he, makes, he gives you an extra four or five yards all the time, too. He's not one of these slot guys that catches it falls right down. I, I, I love this kid. Is also a very interesting, like when I was doing rankings for wide receivers, it's usually easy. Usually the difficult part is going, okay, how, how many of these guys between 30 and 50 can I stuff in? Because there's like 40 guys that you like, and then you, there's guys you leave off and you go, man, they could have a game. But with this week, this surprisingly with only two teams on by, but you lost six top 36 like six guys that would be ranked between wide receiver one and wide receiver three this week, which kind of shakes things up in that like post top 30, you lose Evans and Godwin and Brown and Samuel and Moore and Anderson. All of a sudden you're like, you know, those guys are filling out the spot. So the guys that are normally like in the mid forties are now like in wide receiver three conversation this week. Uh, And he is one of those guys where there's going to kind of be that range there where I've got, you know, BC Johnson, assuming uh, Thielen's out and Cole Beasley and Hunter Renfro all kind of like in my top 36 this week. Uh, and I think you're going to kind of find yourself in that scenario if you're relying on any of those players who are starting in every league. Yeah, Hunter Hunter Renfro deserves the appreciation because he 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 just fits to me. Like when he went there, I was like, this is a Gruden player, right? Like Gruden's going to love this dude because he's just gonna he's just gonna play tough. Every coach loves that dude. Yeah, he's just such a he's the easiest dude to to coach because I mean, you look, know he's going to he get 110 percent all the time. Five nothing, a hundred nothing. It doesn't look like he even tapes his ankles. He didn't have like wrist tape on. There's no wristbands. He just like laces up whatever size shoes they gave him. There could be a half size too big or half size too small. Throws some gloves on, puts the Velcro on. Then you have to be cool with the Velcro flap coming off. He just is a freaking football player that if you like this game, whether we're talking yeah. fantasy or real football, you have to appreciate dudes like this. Yes. You've never seen him in person. The difference between him and Cooper Cup standing next to each other is like insanity you can't even explain how this dude looks like a stockbroker cpa and this dude looks like a first round pick in the nfl it's that big of a difference and he's make he just makes plays i just i absolutely love guys like that because there's no reason for it right yeah. he's just a damn football player and i don't think you can have a little rant here appreciation enough for guys like that yeah he's uh he's a tough ass dude and nothing nothing more to say about him than the ability of 
playing four years at a top university in college football as a walk-on with all of that talent that was there. He was always finding his way into the starting lineup. Last one here, guys, Logan Thomas, uh, who has made a transition and played really well. They will be facing off against Pittsburgh on Monday night, I believe, as of right now, maybe Tuesday. Not really sure the schedule's changed 100 times, as I said. Either way, I have played him in a couple of leagues, plug and play, that I had some of the guys, including one one league where I had George Kittle. Um, he's not George Kittle by any stretch of the imagination, but considering the tight end position has been just god-awful, he's actually been pretty decent on a week-to-week basis. Jamie, when you look at the tight ends this week, is this somebody that you are comfortable playing? Yeah, I am. I mean, he's somebody that is beginning consistent work, which is really as much as his biggest compliment you can give for the tight end position right now. Uh, it's just his ceiling isn't super high, but neither is really any tight end right now. I mean, it's, it's Kelsey and then everybody else. I mean, Mm -hmm. Waller's really good, but he's, I mean, he doesn't have that ceiling that, that Kelsey does right now, even against the jets. It, it, to me, he's the guy that you're looking for a fill in. You're looking for a guy as always, we said this for two years to get inside the top 10 tight ends on a weekly basis. You just have to catch a touchdown. I know that seems like an oversimplification, but you're hunting touchdowns. If you don't have a true trustworthy tight end at the position, he gets looks in the red zone. Where else are they going to go? It's it's Terry McLaurin. It's him. If they're not going to run the ball in. So uh, he's somebody that is proving to be a a quality low end tight end one. If they give him some more trick plays, we throw in the ball. You never know what can happen. You got you like 1.3 points or whatever last uh, on Thanksgiving from a pass. It can still happen. You take all the points you can get right now. If you get if you get to ten points at your tight end position, you're thrilled. Yeah, look, I'm happy for this kid. My dad drafted him coming out of Virginia Tech as a quarterback and told him yep. early in his career, you need to move to tight end. And he didn't like it. And he bounced around and he sat on a practice squad as a quarterback and then he finally made the transition. But what I love about it is he sees it from a quarterback's eyes. He's a big dude. He's like six five, two forty five, something guy. like that. Um, but I really love the chemistry he has with Alex Smith. They're playing the Steelers, they're gonna blitz a ton. I think it's going to be a really sneakily good game to use our favorite word on the show. I wouldn't be surprised if Washington beats them. It's not a good matchup for the Steelers, but Alex Smith is going to have to come out of his hand quick. And it looks like Logan has figured out these little holes in zones where he sits down and he sees that, that, that quarterback brain. I think it's allowing him to make this transition a little bit better. So I love it. Alex Smith loves the tight end. They seem to have chemistry there. And don't be surprised if he does throw a trick play. Going back to those college days, he's got a yeah. rocket for an arm. He's yeah, he does. To figure out the quarterback position at the NFL level. So that's, that ability is there for sure. I think it's going to be a fun game. But yeah, I, I love him. Look, I, I was kind of a little leery, and then I started watching him play, and then I started seeing the numbers, 11, 12, 13, 18, 7. Like he's, it's, there's a pretty decent floor there, like we were talking about with Renfro. And he passes the eye test too, which was always the biggest thing. Yes. I always get nervous when we, we start talking about position converts when they get to the pros. It just it's, it's something that always makes me nervous because there are so many nuances at any position that even, I mean, you see guys move around even on the second level of the defense and play are playing out of position. Are you seeing, um, was it Dylan Moses and now at Alabama right now that's really struggling playing Mike Backer, you know, and I know this is offense, different scenarios, but I always get nervous when you see this happen. I want to see it with my eyes. I want to see, does he look like a player that is having success? Does he know the nuances of the position? And Logan Thomas is playing at a really high level last year, uh, this year. So a little bit of flashes last year. I wasn't really buying in, in the off season, but I, I fully bought in at least to the point of where he is in that low end tight end one conversation going forward. And maybe next year too, because Alex Smith is going to be the starter of that team in 2021. Yeah. 
more more than likely. And I think you obviously uh, I like seeing that he bought into this idea because so often you don't you don't get these guys that get to they got they've got the athletic ability to stay in the league, but they want to play a position and they just can't. Right. And he's bought into this. Yeah. um, (laughs) The best example for sure. Would he not have added six, seven years to his career if he he played special teams? One hundred. Tim Tebow should have been Steve Tasker in a 240 pound body. A Hall of Fame special teams football player. Yeah. It, he just wanted to play freaking quarterback, and that was it. He should have ran down on every kickoff. He should have been Taysom Hill before Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill exactly. without, the, without, what, without the offensive snaps. Yeah. All right. Like bring him in to run. Like punt return team. Kobe Brissett. Like yeah. if he's in, he's running the ball. But like that should have been that role. And especially that year that he gained the weight and he was up to like 240. He was jacked. He was jet, like running off the field with his shirt off. The media circus couldn't stop following him. But yes, he should have been a 15, 16 year player. Yeah. Invaluable piece to a franchise making decent money, but not too much money that fits in the cap. And he's just a football player you want on your team. But no. I'm a quarterback, he said. Yeah. No, you're not a quarterback, unfortunately. And yeah. And now you're And he's a baseball player. He's he's not missing a meal. Like he's not. No, he's, he's, he's not doing. Hurting. He's doing just fine. He's but, doing just fine. But if the goal was to play football, the that goal was not achieved because he just could not let check the ego at the door and go play a different position. That's yeah, why my, I think my what frustration t- there is not with Tim the person. Tim's great on TV. He's playing baseball. He's living on yeah. another career. My frustration is a talented guy like that. There's not a lot of six three two thirty five no. guys with that mentality that play special teams every week. Right. I mean, you go back to like Benny Thompson from like the early 90s, like he's just psychopath. Who's a dude? Bill Bates for the freaking Cowboys. All those days. That's him. But no, those guys were Tim's size with that smarts and the, the ability to then run a fake punt because you're the personal protector. All the stuff that a team could have been able to do with him. It's a shame that he didn't do that. Yeah, no, he could have been invaluable. He could have been invaluable to a team, but chose to listen. As Jamie said, he's not missing any meals. All right, guys, uh, rankings. Jamie, as as you're doing your rankings this week, uh, things that stuck out to you. But before we get to that, it's time to give our friends over at Manscaped a a, a big shout out here. So go ahead, take it away. It's funny. I got another letter. Uh, oh, for this boy. show. Um, sure so I want to read it to everybody because we, we've, we've gotten some letters based on our Manscaped reads and the product. And I just kind of want to share it with everybody. It says, dear, D- dear TDN Fantasy Podcast, I'm an avid listener and I recently found myself with more time on my hands. So I thought I'd check out Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. That's a new feature, by the way, uh, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. That is a mouthful. But that's it. So that's interesting. That's part of the new performance package, which still includes the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer that we've talked about on the show, the best trimmer on the market for your balls, butt, and body, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which we already know is a favorite from a previous letter to the show, and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, which is Jake's favorite product in the package. Uh, and this, this letter says, which all maximizes my ball hygiene routine. Sadly, it's the only balls I'll get to hold for a while. The performance package also includes two free gifts, Manscaped boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. As Jamie said on the last show, naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. And while I'm not allowed to perform in my usual fashion this holiday season, at least I can maximize my performance at home. I'm excited to save 20% off my purchase and get free shipping by using the code TDN at manscaped.com. The Manscaped performance package is everything I need 
except a trustworthy doctor. Thanks again, TDN Fantasy. Signed, Will Fuller. Well, that's nice. Will Fuller's writing into the show to, to tell us about the Manscaped uh, performance package this holiday season. And that's, by the way, you can save 20% and get free shipping where they'll send it right to your home where Will Fuller will be sitting for the rest of the season. 20% off free shipping by using the code TDN at manscaped.com. Uh, this is a special holiday gift package. Get it for yourself. Get it for your friend. Get a stocking stuffer. Uh, and get it. Maybe you might have to give yourself a present after you're not going to be able to use Wolf Fuller for the rest of the year. Uh, and that is it. That was the nice letter we got from the show today. So I thought that was a nice touch from, from Will Fuller. He has some J- extra time. That Jamie. was a detailed and eloquent letter from Will Fuller. Jamie wow. was. himself a lot of money. I'm glad he can still afford it. Oh, yeah. That's, we that's like for you, Jamie. Here's yeah. another one for you. Very oh, well done, Jamie. Well done. Good. Well very done, good. Jamie. Uh, thank you, Will. It's so reflective. Right. It's so I early know. on it, after it, all this. Some time to think. Some time to think. Some time to sit on your couch and it's just watch stunning your team. It, it's stunning that well, will fuller with like smooth balls how much money did he cost himself mm. actually let's <sighs> rephrase that because he's probably been doing this to get back from injuries it's probably the reason he stayed healthy so like while he's proven that he can stay healthy ish because of this and made himself a ton of money he now gets whacked with this and now he's mm. sitting back with a chance to miss an entire season if it happens again do you think he gets back to where you probably thought he was before this season or is it like yeah. drop way down? Because he was playing so good. He was on the pace for here's, a $15 million a year guy. Here's the thing. You cannot pay him that money because now you, one, he's got another level of a liability after this. Right. Comes. So like before the season, if he was going to say, you're going to say he's a seven, eight, nine million dollar guy, right? A really, really good two. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a great piece to a good team. He played himself up in that 15, 16 million dollar category. Yeah. And, and Dropped that, back down to that seven, eight, nine million dollar two. I think so. He might miss an entire season. I think he does, but he was literally, if this doesn't come out, playing himself into six, seven, eight million dollars a year more. He's young. You're looking at a probably four year deal here. But now you have to question whether or not he can do that without what he's been doing, right? Can he do that without, can he stay healthy without doing extra? You know what I'm saying? So that's where if you're a, if you're a GM and a head coach, you got to look at this and go, Okay, there's what's the risk reward factor here, right? You you probably get him for eight to ten games in a year where he, which is what you usually get from him, and when he does play, he's a top tier wide receiver, but he's not going to be available for the whole year. Like he just whether it's he gets suspended again or Detroit, right, where you have a really one, a really good one, and a really good two, and he would be another really really good two. But none of those guys can seem to stay healthy. It'd be a nice mix. You could probably afford something like that. This is worth noting too, guys. We have some fans that get a little riled up for some of this stuff. And like, he wasn't on steroids. He's not a big guy. I go back to like my baseball buddies from back in the day that were like relief pitchers that no offense look like hype train. That little, little, there's not like, there's not, you're not going to be mistaken for like taking steroids. Okay. But the reason that all those guys did it in baseball is because you could pitch and play every day. There was no recovery. You didn't get sore. The lactic acid was out of your body. And I don't know what he was taking, but people uh-huh. assume and go, no, he wasn't taking anything. He's skinny. That's okay, not, there's stuff that makes yeah. you faster. There's stuff that makes you heal from injuries much faster. There's stuff that makes you recover faster. Not everything is a steroid that you think makes you look like a linebacker, i.e. another guy from the Texans, Brian Cushing, that tested positive like 12 times. Like, don't, okay. just don't mistake that and go assume that that's what he was doing. I mean, I, I talked to a bunch of guys in baseball when it was rampant, 
everybody was taking it and they were all skinny relief pitchers because they could play every day. They could throw no matter what and their arm was never dead. Jake, you have to look no further than all the Olympic athletes that test positive for steroids, right? None of those people, you talk about endurance athletes, right? It, like it's like all the yeah, bikers, they're, Lance they're Armstrong, such, all that stuff. That's like, all endurance. It just gives you better endurance. tailored cocktails now and they're actually genetic specific to the people that are taking them. Guys oh, aren't yeah. just going to Mexico and buying like yeah. Random. whatever ends in dull. Right. They're not buying Winstraw, which is a horse steroid back in the day, which, you know, when I was in high school and you had a 230 pound white dude getting scholarships that was jacked. You're like, yeah, his dad's a vet. We know we know what he's taking. It's not like that anymore. It, it is literally a designer scheme and cocktail yeah. that a lot of these guys are on. So like, just don't assume that we have some listeners. It's nice to educate people every now and again to something as simple as that. But a lot of people don't know. Yeah, no, a lot of people don't know and uh, really like the no offense uh, before just taking a shot at Chris. That was absolutely fantastic <laughs> moment. Uh, all right, what stuck out in the rankings quickly before we wrap up with a Wednesday night football preview, Jamie? What stuck out this week, if anything? Yeah, a few things. I'll start with the running backs first. One is something to kind of keep an eye on is that we might see the return of Miles Gaskin. Uh, so just keep it, keep a close eye on that because if he comes back this week against Cincinnati, I think he is going to be a high end RB two, maybe even sneak into that like number 12 spot uh, in my ranking. So he's somebody to watch. Uh, the other one, again, keep an eye on David Johnson, possibly returning this week as well. Uh, so those are two guys that you maybe have forgotten about. They've been off your fantasy radars, but need to be on it this week. The other thing that really intrigued me at the running back spot was this happens like once or twice a year, the last couple of years, but you can run on Detroit. So this is David Montgomery has finally done that. My like twice a year spike into RB two territory uh, for this week. I haven't met a running back 22 had some success in garbage time last week, but looked good earlier in that game was running the ball effectively when the bears were still somewhat close to being in that game relatively. Uh, I expect them to have a much better performance against Detroit. Uh, if you go back and listen to our week one show where I, I had threw all the stats out there about Mitchell Trubisky versus Detroit and it played out in that fashion for them. Uh, they should be able to run the ball effectively as well. So I'm expecting him to have a pretty solid game. I haven't ranked as my RB 22 right now. And as far as wide receivers go already mentioned about some of the weirdness that can be there because we have six top 36 guys that are not playing this week that you would normally be starting. So some other guys that need to be on your radar as potential flex, or if you play in a three or four wide receiver lead that you need to be aware of uh, Brashad Perriman's playing, been playing pretty well since he's come back from injury with both Flacco and uh, Sam Darnold. Uh, BC Johnson has had a lot of success, even dating back to last year when he gets to be the number two guy. When, the, when, when it was Diggs that was out of points last year, this year, it's, if it's dealing out, BC Johnson is my, in my top 36 is somebody you need to start paying attention to. Uh, Kiki Cutie, we just talked a lot about Will Fuller. I have him down to more like wide receiver 41. Like that's not a must start, but if you're desperate, he's somebody that's in that kind of conversation. Colin Johnson showed a little bit of chemistry with Mike, with Mike Lennon down the field. Minnesota's got a very beatable secondary. All those guys should be on your radar. The one I want to talk to you guys about, and I'm going to open this up to the room because we're going to get a lot of questions about this. I just don't know what to do with them. The two giants guys, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. They have a phenomenal matchup. But I'm of the mind Colt McCoy is going to be the quarterback for this game. Yeah. What what do you do with them? Like I end up putting Shepard at 27, um, which I still feel like is too high. But given this week, it, there are a lot of guys there. I have Slayton outside my top 50. He had no catches on two targets last week. What do you guys think about those? Because we're going to get a lot of questions about them because they're playing Seattle secondary. Seattle secondary has been playing better. Yeah. 
And I, we talked about the other night, I like this defense if they're going to get out of that Pete Carroll mold and that just straight cover three zone and start blitzing, which they did a ton of last night. They've been playing better. I like both guys because they're both possession guys. Darius Slayton's not just what we saw last year. He's going deep all the time. He really turned into a well-rounded receiver. I think with a week of Colt McCoy practicing, I don't think there's any way Daniel Jones practices. I'm a Colt McCoy fan. Not if you guys, what's your guys' take on it? If you think he's Mike Glennon or if you think he's a legit NFL player, he is a solid, solid backup that can run this offense efficiently. But if they're going to blitz a ton, this offensive line has not been good. I think Gallman has to have a solid game. I don't hate either guy. I'd probably go with Sterling Shepard a little bit more, but they're going to move them around. They're not like either corner is going to follow them. I think either matchup's pretty good. I think they're both a little bit more well-rounded than people probably think. I think they're decent matchups. Yeah. Um, my favorite memories of Colt McCoy are watching him play Ndamukong Sue back in the day, uh, Big 12. You should ask him, you should ask Sue about Colt McCoy next time you see him, Jake. It will inevitably give you the best answer of all time. Uh, they had some great matchups back in, back in college. Uh, I think I have Sterling Shepard. I've been really happy with him, right? And I know our TDN fantasy crew slash a lot of the people that are Draft Network fans get, Jamie and I have laughed about this for a long time, that they love Darius Slayton, right? But I think coming off of that performance where he – is not being targeted as much. You got to assume that it's probably going to continue, but you don't know what the chemistry is going to look like with Colt McCoy, right? So you don't know what that's going to look like. It could look much different than Daniel Jones. I'm going to play Sterling Shepard. He's been a good option for me week in and week out. And I have some of these guys that are going to be, I have Mike Evans. So he's on, he's on that roster and he's on a bye this week. So I got to play some of these kind of fringe guys and Sterling Shepard's got a good matchup. I would say I would caution people, right? Griffin came back, played much better in that game against Philadelphia yesterday. There's some of these pieces that have come back. Jamal Adams came back. There's pieces for Seattle that has made this defense play. They don't have to be great, but they aren't atrocious like they were for a six-week stretch of the beginning of this year. That's a great point. I want to bring this up too because a lot of fantasy managers, especially those that didn't listen to our show, fell into this trap last year. And, I, and it's hard not to do it as well because all the information you have out there in terms of what your leagues tell you, what you look up, always tells you the season totals for the yeah. defenses that your fantasy players are playing. And if you remember last year when we would implore you that stop looking at what the season total for what the Buccaneers defense was because that's not the defense that's on the field now. Seattle and Atlanta, they're not good, but they are closer to league average than they have been at any point this year. So if you start to look at them now, those aren't now automatic number one. You, you pull players off the – you pull third string guys off the waiver wire and start yeah. against them like you were in the first couple of weeks. They're not that spot now. I, they're not matchups to run away from by any means, but you have to kind of keep that context because I think that's really important as you look for the rest of the season. Also cut to like CJ Board having seven catches for 85 yards or something in this game. For sure. Well, and that I, random guy on the, on the second unit that they have chemistry with from practice. And I'll that, and that can Seattle happen. Defense, they're almost worth playing in some matchups. Yes, this might are. be one of them. They're going to get some sacks if they're going to blitz that much. The thing I like about Colt McCoy that I would say in the past is he's going to be really comfortable with whatever they're doing. But this is a new offense. He's playing for Jason Garrett. It's not like he's been sitting at the backup for a couple of years. So he's going to be without a lot of practice reps. Sterling Shepard, by the way, is a guy that if he ever stays healthy, he's still really damn good. Yeah, he's He would be a phenomenal two for somebody with a, with a great quarterback and a great system that like if he could just play 16 games he just can't but every time he comes back he's really good the only question there is does he get hurt Darius Slayton I want to say again has turned into a very well-rounded receiver the question is how much chemistry does he have right there with Colt McCoy 
Yeah. Pay attention. If there's anything that comes out of practices this week, those are some of the things you could at least try to, to factor in. Like I said, I'll play Shepard. I have Slayton in another league and I will not be playing him. So just giving you, giving you the early look at what the, what we're going to do for our own fantasy football teams and obviously subject to change as the week goes along. Yeah, Jake. One other guy to mention on the rankings that stood out to me is if Jeff Jai had mentioned earlier, if Jacobs doesn't play, Devin Booker's been phenomenal yeah. for the Raiders. He plays a lot when Jacobs is in. They give it to him. They throw it to him. I think he could have a monster day against the Jets. That's a guy that would be way up there paying attention to. Another one Jamie mentioned that I like, Rashad Perriman's been really good since coming back from injury. He had finished the year so good last year, and then coming back, I like him. Darnold in that offense with, with having some pieces. Denzel Mims, they took some shots to. He has raw ability. I'm not saying yeah. we play him in fantasy, but the fact that he's on the field with Crowder, now James, now Perryman's that big dude that can really fly. There's pieces now you can't just double. So this offense could actually, it has actually for the last couple of weeks looked okay. Perryman's another one that I think could be really sneaky under the radar. All right, guys. Yeah, I agree. There's a few oh, go Jets ahead, Jamie. options. I'm sorry. There's a few Jets options if you are desperate. Like, I mean, Perryman uh, is in that, like, right around that wide receiver 40 range. I think even Denzel Mims is a borderline top 50 guy. You're probably not getting that deep in most leagues, but those guys are going to get you 8, 9, 10 fantasy points. So there is some fantasy value there, even if that team is a dumpster fire. All right, let's wrap up here with Baltimore playing at Pittsburgh on Wednesday. As we mentioned, uh, as I've, as I think I've mentioned on a b- multiple podcasts, I will be happy whatever day they're playing football. So to all of you that are that are complaining, stop they're playing football games and you should just be thankful that they're making it happen and trying to do it in the safest capacity possible. Right. Uh, and this is a, this is a big matchup, right? This is a must win football game for Baltimore. Uh, they've put themselves in this category now and they're a big underdog here, guys. They're a 10 point underdog on betonline.ag as of right now, obviously still waiting on, what that team is going to look like, who's going to be starting, who's going to be clear to play in this game. Uh, a lot of question marks, but they, this team deserves the question marks, even without the COVID stuff, even without all that, they were going to be an underdog in this game, no matter what, because they haven't played up to the caliber of what we thought they would be coming in this, coming into this season. So Jamie, you first, how do you see this game playing out? I think the Steelers win. Uh, I know it's not exactly a bull take. I think they'll cover as well. Uh, my advice for those that, that are betting on this game is if you want to bet on the Steelers, wait till game time. If you want to bet on the Ravens, bet on them now, uh, because this line is an indication that Lamar Jackson's not going to play, which I think is the very overwhelmingly most likely thing to happen. Uh, but in case something weird does happen uh, and you, for some reason want to bet on the Ravens, take it when you get plus 10 versus when the line drops down by four points. If, if Jackson plays, uh, I, I'm interested to see, what the Ravens have on the field, to be honest with you. I mean, both of both the running backs that are on the COVID list would be eligible to play. It looks like RG3 is going to start. The defense has been ravaged. The offensive line with injuries, it's not even COVID, has been has been makeshift all over the place. Mark Andrews is on the – I mean, I, I don't know what – I don't even know, like, what players are going to be on the field for Baltimore in this game to, to begin with. And this was a team that was already struggling, had plenty of other issues to work through. I can't see I, – I know athletes are a creature of habit. But I can't see the Steelers sleepwalking through this game, even with all the weirdness of the scheme getting pushed back. I mean, I got pushed back six days from where we were before. I just, I just can't see any way. Like the Steelers are a better team on both sides of the both sides of the ball. The only advantage Baltimore had over Pittsburgh is a more consistent running game, and I'm not even sure we're going to get that in this game. And if RG three is the quarterback, you're going to load the box and make RG three beat you over the top with those with that secondary. I don't think this is going to be very close. 
this is essentially an elimination game for the division for Baltimore. Steelers would clinch a playoff spot with a victory here. Uh, I don't really have a ton of analysis. At this point, if you've waited on any of your fantasy players, you're starting them. There's, there's nobody else to switch them out with. So if, if you waited and your league allows it, you're starting Claypool and Juju and Deontay Johnson and uh, Ben and all those guys. So there's really no actionable fantasy advice here if you've been waiting. So, uh, but this, I just, I'm glad they're going to get this game in. Hopefully everybody stays healthy and we can just move on from what has been a brutal week for the Baltimore Ravens. And hopefully uh, the issues that led to this happening don't crop back up again. Yeah, to Paige's point, the only thing I'm bitching about is the truth not coming out of Baltimore. What the hell is going yeah. on? Guys, yeah. there's so much here, and I've been around this rivalry for so long. I remember Dennis Dixon starting for the Steelers and taking the Ravens to the brink in prime time, and Joe Flacco making an unbelievable throw to come back and beat them. This game's always close. Give me an organization like the Ravens with their back against the wall, with RG3, with nothing left. I think the Steelers win because they just are so much better. And they're not going to overlook them. Mike Tomlin's not going to allow that to happen. This leadership's not going to allow that to happen. But I don't think they cover. Give me the Steelers 30-27. to 27. I think the Ravens muster up enough pride. This is like we talked about, like, the Browns had the ability to knock out the big brother. This is like twins fighting. Like, sometimes one wins, sometimes the other one wins, whichever one's more pissed off. Well, this is like fighting your twin brother that's already got a broken hand and can't punch you with that arm. Yeah. He's still going to knock the shit out of you with the other one. He might trip you. He might bite you. He might poke you in the eye. He's going to do whatever he can to keep fighting. Uh, I think this is probably going to be a more entertaining game than we think. And this game is always close. These teams know each other so well. I've just been through so many of these games where there's always something weird going on and it's closer than it should be. I could easily see the Steelers blowing them out and covering that. I just can't buy that that's the easiest storyline to go with. I completely can see that, Jamie, where you're going. I'm just going to take the other way and say – they cover 10. 10 seems like a lot to me. When it was four early, I was like, okay, Steelers are being disrespected. Then it was five and a half. Then it was seven. Yes, this is a lot. They get J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram back. They got all three running backs. Other than that, I don't know what they have. But I, I don't know. I'm just going to go with history here and say that I think it will be closer than 10 points. To, to use your analogy, I just, I'm of the mind that one of the twins is in a leg cast. And you know the phrase about a one-legged man in a basketball <laughs> contest. Like that, that's kind of where I think we're at with right I now. Uh, I look, the Ravens are going to fight you. Like, I, oh, yeah. I, I don't think this is going to be a, this is not going to be a competitive issue. I just think at some point when it comes down to, there's just, there's going to be a talent disparity that plays out when we get to 60 full minutes of this game. Uh, I just, I don't think the Steelers, I think there's actually have too much talent on the field for this game. Now, uh, the Ravens are going to be well coached. They, they're going to play hard. They know them very well. I just think at this point, they don't have enough pieces. Like they're going to, they're going to fight, but they just don't have enough pieces to keep. I, I can completely, completely see that. Can we talk about for a second, Mike Florio's article yesterday talking about that there's Ravens players that he has a source that are going to refuse to play this game and essentially go on a, what he called a wildcat strike, which could put the entire season in jeopardy. I haven't heard anything else about that recently, but like to put that out and then for it to go dead, I don't know if I'd call it irresponsible, shocking. What what is that? Did you guys see that article? And like, where, I did. Where has, where has that I talk did. gone? Because if that's the case, you think that would have got a lot more traction if there was any other source that actually than some idiot player that just told him that. Yeah, it was weird because it, it came out, and then a few hours later, they just they mentioned that the game was going to get moved to Wednesday and did all the schedule readjustments, and yeah. then we never heard about it again. Like mm-hmm. it was it was in the context of playing Tuesday, which would have been today. But th- that was it. And I, I don't know. I, to me, that, that uh, look, I'm not going to tell Mike Floyer how to do his job. But from my experience reporting, that usually that screams to me. He got a call from somebody in the locker room that said, Yeah, we're thinking about. 
and that is the extent of where that went. Like that, that, that's, that's so what it seems would you call me. it irresponsible then? Because I would. I, I would. If, if, if that's all it was, which is what it feels like, then the, yes. The end of the article and tweet said could put the season in peril. Here's he, well, Florio was dramatic as yeah. You know, uh, I'm not well, gonna make Chris right, have to right, end that like, out. That, but that is just I don't know, man. I'm, no, I'm I will. Fed up with people that don't have to answer the stuff they say. Uh, I will transition us to our final thoughts here because look, Florio, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, Paige, but this is Florio wrote an article like two weeks ago that said the block button on Twitter was a middle yes, finger no. to everybody involved. That's exactly it's where my so final thoughts are going. Dramatic. To it's I don't I'm not I don't care about offending Mike Florio. He's an irresponsible journalist. He does this shit all the time and he deserves to answer for it. Like you can't write that article. I'm sorry. You represent NBC sports and shame on NBC sports that they have given him this platform and allowed him to run that social media account as an individual for as long as they have. It's a joke. I've, it's, it has happened for so long and I'm tired of watching it. If anybody went to journalism school, they would literally take you out of what you were doing in journalism class for doing stuff like that. They would. They would, if you were sitting in ethics class, they would tell you you were being unethical and you were not allowed to participate in whatever experiment you were doing. Right. And that's just gone out the window because Twitter's a free for all. And that's where we sit. So those are my final thoughts because I'm tired of watching Florio and whoever it is, because you guys want to be shock jocks for that is what radio was for. Shock jock radio hosts can say whatever they want. That's exactly right. When you have the NFL on your network and maybe there's some television rights stuff going on behind the scenes where NBC is going to be left out in the cold on some of these things and maybe that's going to happen and they're just like, yep, we're, we're going anti that way. I don't know what it is, but that's a moronic thing to imply that the entire NFL is going to be potentially sidelined because you probably got a B-list player on the Ravens to call you and say, we're thinking about doing this. That's stupid. I'm sorry. I I will attack it because it's that dumb. It's so irresponsible. I can't even I can't even begin. But it's the list of ten things that Florio's done in the last six weeks that are stupid. Like that that block that block story that Jamie sent it me. It was I so laughed. funny. It's so funny because it's I thought it was such, on the Onion. It's it. That's exactly right. I thought you were reading the. I thought it was the Onion, and it was so sports dumb. Sports pickles. Is that the one that is that the yes, uh, sports, sports version of pickle it? Sports pickle is the yeah. sports version, and I was like, this is not a real story, is it? But it was, and it was for a major network. So you guys can continue to live with that. Um, the reaction can, that I thought I was going to get. Yeah, you're. Listen, you're. <laughs> you're never going to get. I can assure you, you'll, that will, that will never show up on the DraftNetwork.com as long as I as long as I live and breathe. That that stupidity will never show up on the DraftNetwork.com. Jamie, your final thoughts. Well, Jake asked before the show if I could go on a little bit of a rant, so I've been oh, saving it for this. I am, and and I understand as a fan why you're upset. So I'm not attacking a fan base for being upset. I am attacking the people around them that are allowing them to be irresponsibly upset. If you can't figure out at this point what the difference was between what is going on with the Baltimore Ravens and what happened with the Denver Broncos, you're just not trying. I am sick of seeing my timeline filled with, they'll do this for the Ravens, but they made the Broncos go out there without a quarter. No. Okay, the Ravens didn't have a cont- they didn't have a contained issue with one player and then have an issue with contact tracing and not having a player not having a player at the position group that was assigned elsewhere and having mask issues whatever it was. The Ravens had a complete and total organizational outbreak that threatened the health of their entire organization and the Steelers organization if they were to play the football game on time. They didn't do this because of Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson's not playing tomorrow. All right. So I, this narrative needs to stop. 
All right. If the Broncos just would have had a practice squad quarterback on their team, nobody would have cared. All right. This is this is ridiculous at this point. I'm tired of hearing that the legal do this for the Broncos or legal do this for the Ravens. and They hate the Broncos. It, it's ridiculous. The reality is, in general, I said this in the preseason. I said this on this show. I said this on another show that I did about a different sport about hockey. Fairness is out the window this year. There is no such thing as true fairness in any sports league in 2020. There cannot be. If the goal is to get through a season, name a champion, and move on, there are going to have to be some issues and some cracks in the armor along the way with certain teams. And honestly, if this happened in week one, maybe they would have moved the Broncos game. But at this point in the season, for a for one player testing positive and three other players not following protocol, they're not going to move a game or create a week 18 for that scenario. They're just not going to. And it's not going to happen if that happens to New England or Pittsburgh or Baltimore or the, the 72 Dolphins. It's not That's not what the issue is. The, the Baltimore Ravens thing is so different than what happened in Denver that I am just my mind is blown that that market is allowing this narrative to continue to be pushed out there, that, that they somehow got a raw deal. Like, yes, it's not ideal. And I understand why a fan, why you'd be upset that you have to start a practice squad ride receiver at quarterback. I get it. But I'm seeing national writers and journalists that are just like uh, saying that the NFL messed this up. They messed up the balance of power. You know, Packers fans should be upset and all these other. It's like, guys, no. this is so different than anything else. Listen to your head coach who we praised the other night for the way that he handled this. Yes. By slapping his team on the wrist and calling them morons. Jamie, this is the perfect tie-in to my final thoughts because it has to do with the same fan base. And as a son of a man that coaches in the NFL and I've seen family members get in fights as our last name is screamed in the stands and everything else, for Drew Locke's mom to take two notes on the iPhone and then tweet this out I mean, like, I get the motherly family parental thought process. He's not five, Jake. But no, 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 I'm not done. Yeah. But when you hit, when you hit send, you basically took a butcher knife to your son's genitals. Oh, yeah. In front of the entire world. He's the quarterback of an NFL franchise. He's a full grown ass man who's making a ton of money, who doesn't need his mommy. Like people I get, I take so much shit. Oh, you're just a mouthpiece for your dad, whatever. No, I've been doing this a long ass time. These are actually my takes, but I get the thought process, right? But for a freaking mom, like I get the thought process, write the notes and then save it in your phone. Don't push send. Did you think what that was going to do to your son in the locker room, in the fan base, in the, in America? Like this went so much bigger then you thinking you were going to explain the COVID outbreak who Jamie just explained perfectly what really happened. Not Drew Locke's mom. Like, I don't even know where I'm going with this other than I read it. And I just went, God, I like the kid. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for him to turn it around. I think he deserves another shot healthy, but my God, could he ever walk in that organization or that locker room again? Not with it's, his manhood. You guys, well, you, I know you guys saw it. What no, I saw it. No, that's what I thought. So, because I've been in that again, not in identical court, but I've been. I remember back to like being that that age where you are, you're still a child, you're not quite a teenager, but you think you're an adult there, like in your mind when you're playing sports with you with your friends. Like, no, I'm all grown up now, mom. And I just, I've been in that scenario where it's like something happens on, you know, on the football field or something or at school, and then your mom barges in 
and is like yelling at the coach or yelling at something. And you're just standing there horrified, knowing that you're never going to live this down. Now imagine doing that as an adult in your twenties, as an NFL starting quarterback. Like it's just, you, 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 we could talk about what fair off, whatever it is. I know how people are going to react. Like I, I know how guys in a locker room are going to react to that from the age of eight to the age of 80. I know how that reaction is going to be in that scenario. And that is, I guess that was kind of my point, Jamie. I feel bad burying myself. I'm just burying my head. Like that's kind of how I was. I read it and I just went because did you think what this does to your son or you're just so outraged that they called your little boy irresponsible. That's the the whole thing was. I get her defending her son. I get from her, like you said, Jake, from her perspective, I understand why she thought that I got to, they're attacking my boy. I have to defend him. But from Drew Locke's perspective, literally everything that happens now, that's going to be a comment. Like he's going to get benched and somebody in the locker room is going to yell, oh, I hope your mom doesn't write a letter to the coach. Chris, there's a sounder that I need, Chris. There's a sounder that I need for future shows and it's rookie of the year an old school movie from the nineties where there's a baseball player that goes, I want your mommy. You need your mommy. That's what I need. And I'm going to play it at random times for Drew Locke because that is so, it's so embarrassing. Like that's the first thing that went to my head. I'm going, good God. You're looking, you're talking like you're talking to a 12 year old playing that page. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm playing I would do it. next week at home and there's no fans. I'm going to play that in pregame. Yeah. I'm going to play it just, on a loop. You made him a meme. Yeah. You made him a meme yeah. for the rest of his life. Like, yeah. regardless of how good he plays, that's going to be there. I, I hate it. I, I guess I didn't really know where I wanted to go with that other than bring it up. I, the more we talk about it, the more I hate it for him. He can Sucks turn into, him. like, Sucks for him, a really for good sure. player, like a Jake Plummer type player for the Broncos. And that's going to follow him everywhere. Yeah, well, if he owns 20 car dealerships in Denver later on in his life, people are going to come in and be like, your mom work here? Uh, should have had Plato as your parent because I can assure you that Plato would not be writing any letters to the coaches. He'd just be writing letters to me. So it wouldn't be it wouldn't be any letters to the coaches. I just be I'm the opposite of Jamie. I didn't get my parents yelling at uh, the coaches as the parents are yelling at you because it was your fault, not not the coach's fault all the time. We need a little more. We need a nice blend of that. Less blame on that. Yeah, less blame, but just just right in the middle. Uh, I'll I'll put Plato and Mrs. Locke together, and they can come up with this solution for this for this scenario. Uh, guys, we've reached the end. We gotta tell everybody how they can follow you guys on social media. So Jake, go ahead, tell everybody how they can find you. At Arians NFL on Instagram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. And Jamie, follow me at Jamie Eiser on Twitter, and my mom for all her takes on how <laughs> how my was treated on this podcast. At but seriously, like I mean. If my mother tweeted out like Jake uh, at Jake Bearians, you disagreed with Jamie on this point. You're, I would be horrified. And that's me. I'm a nobody. Like, I'm not the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. Like I would be horrified. I, I was waiting for Chris to jump in there. He wanted to so bad. He's sitting there just like, it's just waiting. His mom to- only says nice things about him on social media. Okay, but I was just going to bring up this point. My and mom is the most supportive mom of all time and shares everything I do, and that bothers me. Like, she's being supportive, and I'm still like, Mom, you don't have to share everything I do. Like, I'm, I'm an adult. I can share the things that I do. Like, I, I couldn't mine, imagine. Mine does, too, and I'm a lot older than you. But that's okay. I was going to say, miss it. My mom ain't going to notes on her phone, my writing it out, and then sending it to freaking Twitter. Like, that, that's No, tough. I was going to say, I'm all in on the support, right? Mama Arians shares all the stuff I do, and I'm not even a kid. 
Like it's like you you just you're happy and you're prideful. Support you can support is great. Just support pride for your kid. Don't write Trying, a letter to their boss. <laughs> yeah, don't write a letter to the boss, especially when your your kid is not a kid. He's a grown ass man in a locker room playing in the most testosterone filled sport that there is. So good luck coming back. If from your that, son bro. takes hits from three hundred pound yeah. defensive linemen on the daily. It's I think he can handle himself. Having his back, he's okay. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. Somehow, I think he will. He will manage to be just fine. Uh, you guys can find me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN Fantasy on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find the rankings that we referenced here on the show at thedraftnetwork.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.